Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome, everyone, to episode four. I am your co-host, Claire. And I'm your other co-host, Janice. And this is The X-Files. Welcome. Yay. Yay. Episode four. Very exciting. Yes, because this is the episode where we give away all of our secrets on how to get over your ex. It'll that's why we're here. Solve all your problems. Uh, (laughs) It will will help a lot. I am sure of it. (laughs) Yeah. So a broken heart is such a hard thing to explain. We know that it happens to pretty much everybody. And yet when it happens to us, it feels not only overwhelming, but just entirely unique. Mm-hmm. It can also feel like it's just unbearable and that it's never going to end. And that like no one can understand your pain, which is a terrible place to be. Yes. And it is unique because every breakup is unique. And so every broken heart is unique. So I understand that. And um, I can also understand the permanence because one reason I decided in the end to become a breakup coach is because I had such severe pain after two of my breakups that I seriously thought it was never going to end. And I had a hard time finding the support that I thought I needed. And I even remember using the words on two different occasions with two different exes that I will never get over this. People said time was going to help. And I said, no, you know, like this is going to be with me forever. Forever. And, you know, considering the person that I've become and even the woman I was then, I was very strong. Um, But looking back, it really surprises me that I was in that state and that I said those things. And so I can understand how excruciating it can be. And I also took action after both of those relationships and then relationships that followed where I didn't have the same experience that I am certain can help others who feel the same pain. So I'm very excited to do this episode with you. Yeah, me too. Um, Getting over your ex is definitely something that it's, it's kind of a moment where something just clicks internally. Totally. Um, for example, I still don't have any answers to the confusion or questions that I had after my last two heartbreaks on paper, everything looks very much the same, but I've done a lot of internal work that makes the situation look so different from my current perspective versus my previous perspective. Mm -hmm. So it, it was internal. It was me who made the recovery of getting over my ex a thing. Um, There's a lot of actions you can take that will get you to that internal shift more quickly. Absolutely. So we have our top 10 tips for getting over your ex in the first month of the breakup. There are things that you can do that you will need to do uh, more long-term, but we're talking about the really crappy first weeks and month that this has happened (laughs) and things that you can do to get yourself on the healing journey. 
All right, let's get going. So number one, own the decision that has been made regardless of who made it. Convincing yourself that things might work out, that you can change the other person's mind, or that your decision to end the relationship may force the other person to come around is an excellent recipe for misery. If someone has broken up with you, remove yourself from their orbit and try to accept it. I know that's hard. I really get it. Call in friends that can help you with the shock, but do not torture yourself by living in denial. This time is going to be hard enough. On the opposite end, if you have decided that you want to break up with someone, listen to me. (laughs) Be 100% sure that you want to separate permanently from this person. Never use breaking up as a threat and think through your decision long and hard before you voice it. Breaking up and getting back together with someone is a very toxic and painful process to begin with someone. And you're not only you're hurting yourself and the other person by not being firm in your decision. Yeah, that is so true. And for whatever reason, this is something I've always stuck to. I don't know where it came from, but, Mm -hmm. you know, from my very first boyfriend in high school until now, for me, breakups are final and irreversible. And that was just always my attitude. And it saved me from, saved myself and my exes from the destructive patterns I watched some of my friends go through. And 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 I actually had a boyfriend in high school who I was crazy about who would do the on and off again thing with me. Mm. And I, I, I can very much see how that set me up for a pattern of doing that in my adult life because I normalized it where Mm. it is, it is not healthy at all. Yeah, And breaking, threatening to break up with someone. Some people do consider a form of abuse. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if someone can just up and decide to leave at the drop of a hat Mm -hmm. and use it as a threat and hold that over you, like that's not, that is emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I think there can be deal deal breakers that you can like work through. But if you're starting to notice that this is something your partner is doing repetitively, Mm Oh, you, you should probably get out. Like, yeah, because it's, when have you ever seen that workout? When have you ever seen that (laughs) where it's like, well, we used to do this thing and now we're fine and healthy. No, it's never worked. So, (laughs) and we can talk about this on a future episode, but getting back together, um, just statistically, it, it, it's very unlikely to work out. I don't know. Yeah, many people. Yeah. And I think the exception for getting back together and having it work is when there's been enough time and both people have Mm -hmm. grown where they are new people entering the relationship. They are not the same people. They have a lot more experience, a lot more perspective. Um, And I think that's when it can work out, but definitely not, you know, shortcutting the healing and growth and evolution and trying to get back together 
it, you're the you're gonna run into the same problems um that quote where it's like true insanity is expecting different results by doing the same thing i don't right. know if it's eleanor roosevelt um, <laughs> i'm <laughs> someone... pretty sure it's uh, albert einstein okay it that. wasn't yeah. me that's for sure <laughs> right. but yeah so anyway that was that was something i always did is i i always when i broke up with someone because most of the time it was me um <laughs> <laughs> when i broke up with someone it was final and, you know, even when I was having moments where I'm like, fuck, what have I done? Mm-hmm. I would tell myself, I'm like, you can't do that to that person. You know, like mm-hmm. you made your decision. You have to let them heal now. Like, so it's such good advice. Yeah. All right. So own it. Number two, separate physically, including finding new living arrangements, returning personal belongings, mixing up your space. I can think of very few reasons to keep living with someone after a breakup. Yeah. It, it very, very few. You must find a place to stay to create physical space with the person. This may mean crashing with a friend for a few weeks and even months. Um, so look to those you trust and make a plan if for whatever reason you can't get your own place, make sure to pay the person in some way, monetary or otherwise, Mm -hmm. or it could mean being super firm and asking your partner, your ex-partner now to find somewhere to stay. I personally went through this with my ex-husband and having him not to return to our apartment just skyrocketed my my success in my healing journey I could tell the difference in the number of days having him out of there and I can also say that I I understand that this is hard because he did not want to leave mm-hmm. we're living in New York City in not even that big of an apartment and he wanted to continue to sleep on the couch it was such a big no to me And I really had to draw a line that he needed to leave. Uh, We are breaking up and you're not to come here. And it was hard. And some people hear the story and think that I just sound like a complete ice queen, but it, it was what I needed. Yeah. And this can be a really tricky issue. When I broke up with my next partner, someone who had mentally and physically abused me I had no choice but to crash with family that's how I felt in the moment I was um, dealing with probably some trauma issues and I was glad that I had somewhere to go but I also learned how surrounding yourself with negative influences can stall your healing process so my advice to someone who might be in that situation where you need to go somewhere where you might not have the support is to find someone else who can check in with you and give you that support while you figure out your next move. Yeah. I mean, if there's abuse, get out, like, don't try to have an argument about trying to get him to leave. Right. You know, this is not a reasonable person. (laughs) Protect yourself. Yeah. Uh, You can figure it out as you go, but get yourself out of there. Um, of course the conversation can go much differently, um, with my ex fiance and I, when we broke up, um, he moved out and we had like a 
very respectful kind of conversation where it was like, well, his parents are 10 minutes away from his place mm-hmm. of work and mine were an hour away from his yeah. my place of work. And, you know, he's a super reasonable person and was like, well, I'll go home for a little bit and figure That's it lucky. out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was a totally different situation for, uh, I've mentioned this relationship about like eight years ago when mm-hmm. I left the compulsive liar type (laughs) guy um right that was I I left in the morning to go to school and I never came back and you know I ended up commuting from my parents house to go to school you know and um which wasn't ideal but I'm sure that that helped a lot (laughs) it did help a lot and it did help after a few days um ended up moving in with some friends of my parents who were kind of midway. And so I was not in the city where he was. And -hmm. I was also not at my parents' house, which turned out to be really good because he did show up there. Um, (laughs) So So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, yourself, um, you know, with these situations, there are so many people that I have actually spoken to who have decided to stay in the same house as their ex and they have their reasons. Um, But I think these are like incredibly strong individuals who know themselves very well. And for them, the situation wasn't where they were mourning the loss of this person so much. It was, you know, they made their decision. We're just saying it's way better for you and easier on your heart to yeah when it comes to when it comes to the healing journey sometimes we need to talk in you know generalizations and yeah. in general for sure yeah. being in your own space and not seeing this person is going to yeah to to help you in that effort of getting yeah. over it i've like, known people too who have stayed to get who have stayed in the same house and sort of yes made it work but you know typically you need to see what you can do about getting creative and getting away from the person yeah yeah you know and uh looking at it as a short-term solution and not something that you're just going to have be forever you know Mm -hmm. but I think everyone's situation is different and I think it comes down to like um, very extreme circumstances, I think, when that is the best option. And uh, if you do stay in your own home, it's time to clear and reclaim your space. Yay, this can be so fun and yeah. very, very therapeutic. <laughs> yes. So get out the box, maybe a trash bag, mm-hmm. maybe the fire pit, <laughs> uh, or all of the above. And first, it's kind of obvious, get rid of anything in your living area that reminds you of this person. It will help you in all of the following aspects of your breakup journey. For instance, if you might be tempted to get in touch with the person when it is late at night and you've had a couple glasses of wine, you might be much more tempted to do this if you're wearing jewelry that the person has given you or looking at photos or gifts or other things that remind you of them. I think when it comes to relationship mementos, 
a lot can typically be thrown away, but not always. You know, I've yeah. I've kept kept things, especially things like jewelry. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, if you're not there yet, uh, a very obvious breakup advice would be to gather everything up and put it under your bed or at a friend's place. Yeah. Yeah. Put it somewhere out of sight until you have a little bit more strength um, to do something with it. I know uh, I I had a box of more like emotional mementos, like letters and things yeah. like that um, and journals where I had been working out all of the questions I had about yep the breakups and I kept it for a while but it was out of sight and then I had an amazing day where I just it was like something clicked and I was like we're doing this now and I got out all the letters and I had no idea I I had like a tiny little patio so I couldn't burn anything outside and so Uh I like set up a tray on my on my stove and turn the fan on and burnt all the letters <laughs> getting witchy girl yeah I like that and you know what it was incredible it was so good like, yeah but I definitely like I've done the wrong thing like I've kept you know a house key of an ex and I kept it on my on my car keys for months oh and wow that was a great um that was a great day too when I decided that I was going to make a ceremony out of getting rid of that too. You know what? I come to think of it. I also kept the key to my exes in my apartment. I was living in Frankfurt for a while Mm -hmm. and I kept that with me, with me for Mm -hmm. ages. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing all of a sudden, like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I just, I, you know, you have these crazy thoughts when you're going through a breakup and, you know, I was like, oh, I should keep this like in case I need to like go check on him or something. And you know what? I never did. And, uh, and he has people in his life who take care of him and make sure that he's okay. It was no longer my job. Um, and so, you know, I went up on a mountain and I threw it off the side of the mountain eventually. And that was a wonderful goodbye. Oh, Uh you, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. So ceremonializing goodbye through getting rid of stuff, burning letters, um, journals, that's a lot to burn. You can mm-hmm. also like destroy them with water. So you can just like put them in a bucket overnight and like rip them up the next day. That's super fun. Um, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I never thought about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just like, it's just nice to know that they don't even like exist anymore. Yeah. You know, like you're mm-hmm. not just throwing them away so that they can live in a landfill for like 50 years. Sure. You're destroying them first. So there's like that. I don't know. There's just something about it where it's very final. Um. You can also, uh, I had an ex give me a Keurig machine. What is uh, which that? I kept. It, it's a coffee maker. It's like a very fancy. Uh, oh, sure, sure. Okay, I get, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, no, this is mine. I'm not like throwing this away. So, you know, I I used Palo Santo and I like did the, the smoke around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I considered that me like making it a new machine and just mine and clearly his energy off of it. And Mm -hmm. it may sound a little woo woo and stuff, but like, I totally just try it. See, see how it is because us humans, we love ceremony. Like we have weddings, we have funerals, we have graduation ceremonies. So you can create your own ceremony for a breakup as well. Um, yeah. The act of ritual takes something that might seem every day and creates kind of a sacred and significant, uh, feel to it. So I'm, I'm all for the rituals. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have jewelry from them and you don't want to keep the reminder (laughs) around, you know, tuck it away until you feel strong enough and then honestly sell it. Um, like Poshmark is great for this. Someone else is going to love that piece. Um, it's not going to have like all the emotional significance that it does to you. Um, and you can get, get yourself something nice with it. Maybe I am a huge proponent of getting new sheets, get new sheets. Yeah. You have mentioned this before. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of your well, thing. Well, cause you sleep in the same bed. Like, you know, I, yeah, I'm with a, you. it's kind even of even a like, new bed. I've done the whole new bed thing yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, that might not be in everyone's budget, but hey, if you can, do it. <laughs> Let's just think about your sleeping situation. Yeah. Yeah. You can make it more your own. It's an intimate place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And, um, you know, who knows if you tuck some of these things away, you may find that you're, you don't have the emotional attachment to it. I have a Frida Kahlo necklace that one of my exes gave me and I wear it all the time. Don't even yeah. think about them. Yeah, because it's yours now. It's not. Yeah, it's not theirs. You know. So in so, some, yeah. yeah, in some cases, some some time may help with this. Yeah. So our next tip is to commit to a period of no contact. Uh. Yeah, we've talked about no contact in our last <laughs> episode. So if you haven't heard it, I would encourage you to go back and listen. There are scientific and practical reasons why discontinuing contact with the person you just ended things with is the best thing for you in the initial stages of a breakup. So, you know, send the email telling them, hey, I need some space and some time for the next couple of months, block their number and start detoxing from that person. In the first month, this is one of the best things you can do. Yeah. So... Tip number four, it is time to focus on your self-care and maybe even spoiling yourself a bit. This might not apply to everyone, but for some, possibly even a lot of people, the first month of a breakup is kind of survival mode in a sense, Um, especially if you are in a lot of pain or shocked or trying very quickly to adjust to a new life. So if this is your situation, I think, and something I really believe in firmly is uh, that you'll be very well served to spoil yourself rotten and show yourself how capable you are of giving this to yourself. If you're experiencing a broken heart, and this is part of my personal coaching program, I suggest taking two to three weeks to do all the things that come to mind that feel good to you. So for instance, I talk about this a lot, but my thing during my divorce was this specific bottle of red wine and Pringles, which I never eat, but that's like my, that's like, I'm spoiling myself when I get a 
can of Pringles. <laughs> so, or, you know, watching Judge Judy on a Tuesday afternoon, whatever it is, if it feels good, I really do believe in going for it during this time. Um, f- feeling physically comforted, which these things will give you, is um, really important when you have a broken heart and a wonderful way to speed up the healing journey. We have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day, we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon. Growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon. Yeah. On the flip side, (laughs) tip number five is also something I'm equally passionate about, which is looking after your physical health in the midst of all of this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for instance, when I was having the wine and Pringles, I also, for me, I was able to exercise a lot personally. Um, things like drinking water, getting enough sleep is freaking crucial. And I hope that we do an episode on this because your sleep can be disrupted in so many ways. And it is so important to make sure that you figure out how to get it in. Mm -hmm. Um, so as more time passes, um, the more that you can do to look after your health, um, is going to be more important. So make sure you cover the basics. You don't want to be dealing with things like dehydration, fatigue, or I'm just going to say it, you know, weight gain because you stop doing all of the healthy things that you normally do. Mm-hmm. So long-term just, yeah, cover, cover the basics. Yeah. Cover the basics. Um, studies have shown that the brain activates in the same regions when your heart is broken as when you have physical pain. And you would give yourself comfort and rest to recover from an injury. So do the same for a broken heart. You're not just push through this, even if society is telling you to. So pace yourself and rest when needed, but your body heals itself better. If you're eating enough, drinking enough, getting enough sleep, treat yourself. Yes. But keep in mind like those daily sugar crashes and hangovers they're just going to add to your struggle and not help. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. and I, although I did just say that I did get lots of exercise when I got divorced, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie and not be authentic. I also did have 
nights when I spiraled and overdid it, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe had some nights that were a bit too crazy and it impacts your, um, your work. It impacts your normal schedule and things that you just don't really need to be dealing with when you're already going through a stress, stressful situation. And we're not saying you need to pile on some shame over like, oh, I drank too much last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not doing it right. It's like, uh, no. Go like, easy we on all yourself. have those days. Be easy on yourself. You're struggling here. It's just that tonight, don't get shit-faced again, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Just don't do it again. And to be truthful, I, I can think of one instance in particular where I'd done it I'd overdone it the night before yeah and um I had gone to work late because of it and I happened to be working for the friend that I mentioned in our first episode who was also going through a divorce she was so understanding gave me a hug and just said you know keep going for it keep trying hang in there and yeah I just didn't you know didn't do it again but yeah wasn't perfect trust me (laughs) yeah exactly like we get that this isn't perfect we're just here to be the little voice that nudges you to do something better for yourself this time yes yeah so along those lines tip number six this is a time of processing and healing and you need to figure out where it is that you need to process and what you need to do to process it. And this looks really different for everyone, but I think that it's important to, to really look inside and see the areas where you might need more support. So for instance, do you feel really angry? What can you do to process your anger? Do you need to talk to someone? Do you need to journal? Are you feeling depressed? You know, will counseling help? Will getting more exercise help? Um, are you experiencing really racing thoughts? which that's my thing. I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know, journaling might help you with that. So take a look at your emotions and uh, this will lead you to how you need to process them. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, allow yourself time to grieve, which is our next point Mm -hmm. as well. You've got a window of time after your breakup when the emotions are super close to the surface and you may find yourself wanting to cry or unleash on the people around you. This is often because we tend to allow ourselves a very short window of time to grieve after a relationship has ended. Thanks, society. Yes. Um, (laughs) Or we don't allow ourselves to really properly let it all out, get really messy with the grieving process. This is my thing. I Hmm. squash my emotions down with my little emotion squashy um, (laughs) until... I wonder why I'm a mess. Like, <laughs> and so because it comes know, out, it comes out eventually, and it really sucks when it comes out a year later. You know, because mm-hmm. you spent that year avoiding your emotions, and now it's like you're attempting to have your life, and things are bubbling up to the surface that you should have dealt with a year ago. And the, and especially if you do see yourself wanting to date or be in future relationships, yeah. I've also had a pattern in the past of um, neglecting the grieving process or not really dealing with what I've gone through. And when I have tried to be in relationships, it comes out when you least expect it. Things that you haven't processed from your last relationship will absolutely prevent you from being in healthy relationships in the future. Yeah. So- if it's tears, 
um, a lot of breakup coaches suggest, you know, giving yourself time to cry each day and physically getting it out of your system. Um, if it's anger or frustration, just find a way to sink into it and to let it happen. Yeah. There's various ways to do it. Um, I think we're talking about the first month and, you know, giving yourself each, you know, I I've talked about this book in the past, but, um, Zoe Foster Blake talks about in the breakup boss about giving, setting a timer either in the morning or the evening where you just let yourself sink into it. Um, I've done the morning thing in the past where I kind of get up and feel it and cry and then get on with my day. You, you've got to. Yeah, exactly. And you may have a different time, like evenings were definitely the hardest for me mornings. I was like, okay, we're good. The sun's out. Um, but evenings. mm, Yeah. And Sundays have (laughs) have been hard for me during breakups and just saying that you're just going to take care of yourself on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That it's kind of lonely. Yeah. And if you're having trouble tapping into those tears, like you feel kind of just numb and sad where you're just kind of in shock um you know put together that really sad playlist like trigger the fuck out of yourself and get those (laughs) tears out (laughs) set a timer move on with your life afterwards but get them out get them to come out yep um, <laughs> I have a playlist called broken heart repair kit, which is the yes. name of my business. It's okay to grieve. Yay. <laughs> and it is meant to be like tear inducing. <laughs> What's that one? Uh, <laughs> all by myself. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Oh my God. Uh, I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> so oh, yeah. It's like Aerosmith or something. Yes. Oh, man. We'd love yeah. to hear from you about what your sad breakup songs are. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we let's drop have... a link to the playlist in the notes. <laughs> I don't know if we'll cut this part, but if, if we have to, you're very welcome for our singing. <laughs> and also the Rayana song, Don't Go. Please don't go. Okay. Anyways, let's get back. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> There's lots of sad songs that you can uh, use to so get the many. tears going. Yeah. Oh no. I want you to stay. Oh yeah. Oh my oh, God. I to that. <laughs> That's on the list. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, so so let yourself feel it. Yeah. Seriously. It's the healthiest yeah. thing to do. So tip number eight, something that we would love to talk about is movement. Both movement and being outdoors are incredibly therapeutic during uh, times of stress and grief in general. So uh, getting on your feet and taking some nice walks outside is one of, I think, both of our favorite breakup tips. It gets your mind off of it. It gets the juices going. It's yeah. Yeah, very, very useful. Movement, being outside, seeing the beauty of the world, um, right. releasing endorphins. <laughs> when I, th- I, I mean, just go ahead. When I have been going through a breakup, I made sure to get my exercise. Um, just keep in mind, your body may have different needs and capacity for exercise when you're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. So it can go a couple ways. Uh, for most of the time, 
I was really not able to do high intensity or heavy weight because I've just felt so spent already. Like all my motivation and willpower was being used to just go about my day. So I didn't have a lot left to make myself do intense exercise. So during that time, slow conscious movement really served me lots of stretching, slow runs, walks, yoga. And then there's the other way. There were definitely days when I got so angry (laughs) that interval sprint runs around the neighborhood became a thing. Like, for instance, I saw the dumpster fire ex who we've talked about (laughs) before. I saw him walking along the street with the ex who came before me. So he got back with her. Yeah. (gasps) And this was this was after we had tried to be friends and that fell apart not going to get into that right now, but I saw him, I was driving home from work and I saw him walking along. I'm like, Oh, Hey, it's him. And I'm like, who's that? And then like, I got past and I saw her face and that, you know, I know I knew what she looked like. And I was like, Oh Mm -hmm. my God. I was, I was, I was amazed. I didn't black out. I was shaking when I got home. I thought I was going to throw up and I just went out the door and I ran like (laughs) I can imagine what people thought because I sprinted like full (laughs) speed between blocks I would run as fast as I could until I couldn't and then I'd walk and then I'd do it again and just like tears streaking down my face but Mm. you know who cares I felt so much better afterwards because I got that anger out of me in a healthy way yeah that was that was not a good moment but like I'm proud of how I handled it yeah I love that. And I, I, I can relate as well. And uh, as we've talked about in future in past episodes, uh, just <laughs> in future episodes, just commit <laughs> to, um, to getting outside a couple times a week and seeing, and seeing what, what feels good. Mm-hmm. I always say for people to turn on a podcast yeah. because it gets your mind off of it whilst you also move. So tip number nine keep in touch with the right people. So this ties into what we said earlier about crashing with people after a breakup. So it's a really tough issue with a lot of people. When you have friends around after a breakup, it feels like, well, it can feel like Mm -hmm. you either end up talking about the breakup and boring everyone to death Mm -hmm. or that those around you ask you about it and force you to face the ickiness of what you're going through. Um, And it may just feel easier to retreat and be alone, but if you can figure out a way to still socialize during this time, please do it. Um, Isolating and being alone are the best ways to weaken your resolve and allow the temptation to text the ex come crawling in, especially if this time alone involves alcohol or tears. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see who you have who it's going to feel good to yeah. be around. Yeah. Know which friends are going to support you, which friends are not going to make you feel good, which friends you can set boundaries with and say, Hey, like I need company, but I don't want to talk about it. Or I need company. And I just want you to listen instead of problem solving. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can be the 
let's have a drink and cry friend. It's just the facts, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, So figuring out what's useful in your friendships during this time and not to block anyone out, but, you know, don't put something on a friend if they're just not really able to support you. I had a very interesting experience with this. Um, I, the last guy I really dated was a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't have the best breakup ever. I mean, it wasn't too big of a deal, but uh, mm-hmm. my friends had been supporting me through it. And so once it was, you know, final, we had all decided that we were going to get together one night, you know, have a bonfire, maybe, you know, burn some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually got a friend, a text from one of the friends who was organizing it. And she said that someone else who she had invited without asking me, but (laughs) that's another issue, wanted to know if all we were going to do is talk about boys all night long. And I was so taken back because I had not really had the chance to sit with and just have girl talk after this had happened. And I actually ended up saying that if this is how they were approaching me going into the hangout that it just didn't feel good or supportive to me and that I didn't want to go at all, which I didn't. And at the same time, I had another friend who was checking in with me almost every day and just asking me how I was. I didn't know her quite as well, but I just kind of looked around and I just said, so this other friend is not going to be that person for me right now. And this other one is, so I'm going to talk to her about it and I'm not going to talk to the other friend about it. Yeah. Hanging out and going to dinner and clubs was this other girl's thing. Yeah. (laughs) Talking (laughs) to me about the breakup was the other friends. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, it's just good to, you can, you know, if you're not sure you can always ask someone like, Hey, I, I'm feeling really down and I, I think I'd like to talk about it, but I don't know if this is something you have the emotional bandwidth for right now. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. something you can do? Like, I don't want to just unload and assume that this is going to be okay with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think people can appreciate that. And, you know, uh, not every friend is going to be everything to you. Um, Yeah. And and some friends might be better, you know, to go shopping with, to get, to get it out of your mind. Exactly. Yeah. They're the friends that you're like, okay, I want a distraction. I know this person won't bring it up. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You're (laughs) right. You're right. Whereas another, another person will help you process things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, the positive support is very important. And if that means even setting some boundaries right now, Mm -hmm. so Oh, we're getting to the end here. (laughs) Tip number 10 for getting over your ex. Just say no to social media for a few weeks. (laughs) This too is fairly obvious, but it's just the best thing to do. After a breakup, your motivations for posting on social media can sometimes be super clouded, whether or not you want, want to admit it to yourself. Whether you realize it or not, you may be motivated to post on social media in order to show how little you care about the breakup and how great you're doing. You might be subconsciously trying to seek sympathy. You could be passive aggressively taking a poke at your ex 
Or let's just face it, you might be posting to show how hot you're looking. Yeah, they're strapped. <laughs> let's be honest here. Yeah. So it is best for your post-relationship experience to just remove the pressure and distraction of social media and mm-hmm. do your life and do you yeah. for now. Yeah, do you. There's also the problematic matter of running into your ex online. Um, from it being painful to tempting you to reach out to them if you see them scroll across your feed, um, to the fact that they might actually be posting things with motivations to affect <laughs> right. you. So I'm absolutely, yeah, nice to it be goes true. both ways. Um, mm-hmm. And perhaps we should do an episode about this in the future. But dating apps and navigating getting seen or seeing oh my god yeah that's never happened to me and that sounds awful yeah it sounds awful it's never happened to me can you block knowingly (laughs) okay yeah to be continued yeah to be continued we'll we'll problem solve that and get back to you guys um (laughs) love it i mean how many people do we know who have gone through a breakup and and seen the photo and gotten depressed when they were otherwise doing yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just like, it's just an unnecessary trigger you don't have to go through. And we will talk about social media in general in future episodes. And, um, and we have talked about it on our IGTV. So if you want to go back into the archives and watch (laughs) that, um, that was a really good one about everything you should do to to minimize the negative impact of social media post breakup absolutely and um it is definitely possible i say just go ahead and deactivate your accounts for a couple of weeks it doesn't yeah. delete everything not everything i mean but, that's yeah. for me um at I, when i was going through the breakup that i just mentioned i had a very very active facebook life mm-hmm very and I'd also this person that I'd been dating was in my social circle and so as a breakup coach I I realized that being on Facebook was antithetical to putting the relationship behind me Mm -hmm. for so many reasons like people were just up in our business and yes I deactivated my account for I think two weeks and not having that um it just it it helped me so much Exactly. Like none of these things are final. You can, you can go back back on. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you just have to have a little bit of space in order to let that scab form (laughs) on, on your open wound. Yes. And this is something you really have control over and yeah. So do it or try it. Try for one day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Try it. (laughs) So those are our top 10 tips for getting over your ex in the first month after a breakup. What did you think of our tips? Have you tried these things in the past? Do they sound yeah. hard, practical, doable? Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, comment on DM us uh, yes, on Instagram, comment on stuff <laughs> like we are, we live there. We are not that cool. We will answer your DM. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be thrilled to hear yeah. from you. Honestly. We'll be thrilled. We're, yeah. We're new podcasters. We'd be so stoked to hear. From exactly. Listeners. And if you love this podcast episode, like 
definitely screenshot it and uh you know tag us in it yes, online I love that you mm-hmm. can also review us if you're just like a super fan that's cool too <laughs> we're ready for you i'm excited about this yeah <laughs> awesome guys well we will talk soon with our next episode yes and good luck if this is you and you have a broken yeah. heart and you're going through a breakup yeah you can do this you can do this mm-hmm. we got you Yep, for sure. And stay strong. Cry it out. (laughs) Yes, cry it out. We'll be back with more next week. Awesome. Yay! Yay! Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Loftus. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Jen's Formicella. Talk soon. Bye.